friends, and welcome to another episode of Happy Birthday. Who cares? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you were looking at me like I should jump in dun, there, dun, so dun, I da. did. Uh, a, a very happy birthday to you, Valerie. And who cares to you, Randall? You know, it's it's so close that we... Our birthday time? Yeah. We're really within targeting of... Uh, targeting? <laughs> we're within targeting range <laughs> of our birthday. Listeners, if you're... In the Portland area, you should let us know, and you should come over to our house for a birthday party. Yeah, we're going to do it. Um, I'll read it, um, damn it. <laughs> we're going to do it um, somewhere um, near um, <laughs> October 1st. I think we're going to do it on the weekend after October 1st. You <laughs> feel like that makes more sense? I'm going to look on the calendar We'll double check that before I commit. If you can get to the greater Portland area, and you're a fan of this podcast, you're also invited but you can't spend the night. No. Just just the party. <laughs> Please find your own accommodations. <laughs> you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Can we do an invite to the Facebook group? Yeah. Is that possible? Why not? I don't I mean technically possible. I don't know enough about <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> I would say join the Facebook group if you're a fan. Ah, Facebook's the worst. Um well just maybe just let us know then. I check guess. out check out our Instagram. Yeah. Why don't you uh give them our social media info? Oh, that would be a okay time to do it. It would be, you can reach out to us on Twitter. Or Instagram. At HBWC Podcast. You can email us at happybirthdaywhocares at Gmail. Or you can text or call us and leave a message at 501-420-4292. I guess you, we have to know you're coming to give you our address if you don't. Uh, if you happen to know our, our address already and you're listening to this, you should by all means show up. Mm, if you we don't know you and you know our address please don't come to our house <laughs> you better have a good explanation uh, it's i mean if you knew our names you could find because we uh we're homeowners so it's a public record Randall. we're the landed gentry um but like uh, we really do want to extend an invitation to you so please let us know but who you, you are rsvp <laughs> yeah That's also we need to know how much uh pudding to make i don't know <laughs> whatever <laughs> How many cheese cheese balls to buy? Last year we had a nacho bar. We did. I don't want to do it again, but nacho no. bar is great. No, we need to we need to come up with a new food gimmick. Yep. Also, I think uh, what other surprises do we want to no, reveal them? Surprises. We keep them as surprises. So, um, preliminary invitation: the birthday party for our birthday, the actual birthday party for our birthday. <laughs> I just consider this podcast a birthday party every week. Oh, I see. Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't tell you that prior to now. Um, should we talk about the week? Tell me about your week, Randall. Oh, whew, I'm exhausted. So we're recording this podcast late, just FYI, because I'm so tired. I took uh, our son, Max, to PAX West, which is a video game convention in Seattle. And we went there for two days. I had to do all the driving because he doesn't drive. Um, so that kind of did it to me. The three-hour drive and three-hour drive back is a bit much. Keep uh, it positive, Randall. But I enjoyed the conference a lot. We walked around and we saw lots of interesting video games. What was your favorite thing that you saw? I have two favorite th things that I saw. The favorite number one I saw was the Untitled Goose Game again. I'm wearing an Untitled Goose Game shirt right now. That was the fourth time I played that game. And it was the closest I've gotten to 
gotten, is that a correct word? It was the closest I've got to finishing the demo level. So I got all the way to the end where you had to steal the farmer's hat and he gives up on finding his hat and puts on a sun hat mm-hmm. and then you win. Oh, I got the hat. I ran away from him. I went into the lake and dropped the hat. I figured that's, yeah, <laughs> he must give up, right? He put, he pulled up his waders and he walked into the lake and grabbed his hat. Did you already mention what this game is about? Well, it's about, no. A goose? <laughs> yes. Who's being a bastard. It's about a very bad goose that has a series of tasks that are horrible. Like, take a rake from the farmer and throw it in the lake. That's Basically just tasks. messing up this man's life. But that's only the first stage. There's several levels where they he harasses other people. Oh, is that true? Yeah. But we haven't played those yet. No, they haven't come out yet. Only the first level is a demo. I wonder what you win at the end of this game. The satisfaction yeah. of the job well done. <laughs> I, this is one of those like the ending is just going to be, you know, you a newspaper. To, you get to go to bed. Local goose terrorizes town right. or something like that. Um, the second thing that I really enjoyed at PAX West was the Death Stranding. Um, not a demo, but it was a big box that had pictures of the of people in the game who are actors. They're also actors. A promo. And you walk into the box and then it's full of chairs and you just sit down and watch a movie (laughs) of short clips of the game. And most of them are just movies. People just talking. But was it because you wanted to sit down so badly or was it because the game is awesome? More that I just wanted to sit down. There was not too many opportunities to sit down. Uh, the secondarily was that the game was really surreal, bizarre, interesting. Mm-hmm. It stars Norman Reedus mm-hmm. and Mads Mikkelsen. Did I mention oh, that part? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen. I knew that that uh, video game creator was working with both of them. Yeah. Also, Guillermo del Toro is a actor in it. Hmm. Uh, the one thing that I could tell you about the game, I think uh, legally I could tell you, <laughs> is that... You have a, a baby as your as your accessory in the game. You carry around a little infant in a incubation chamber. My so baby you, assistant. Yeah, you have a baby that helps you detect enemies of some capacity. In an, I, in an incubator. In an incubator. Huh. <laughs> like a fluid filled container. Whoa, that's more than an incubator. What would you call that? A fake womb, I guess. Yeah, that's more like a artificial womb. Artificial uterus. Yeah, it just kind of hung out. Norman Reedus had one on his stomach and then he fell down a cliff and landed on his stomach and the baby started crying and he had to soothe the baby and you could see on the screen it said press X to soothe baby, which I think is... This sounds really disturbing. It's really strange, yeah. I told you also he peed at the beginning of the demo, right? And I said that that sounds like super world of Chorecraft. (laughs) It's The Sims, the best part of The Sims, taking care of babies and urinating. Delightful. Yeah. My favorite parts of life. uh, We also went out and had dinner with a couple of people that are in our video game guild, our World of Warcraft guild. Mm -hmm. And that was a lot of fun, too. Nice. It's weird when the real world and the World of Warcraft intersect like that. But (laughs) uh, mostly we fake meals before shooting bosses with arrows. But uh, this one, we this time we ate ramen, 
in real life. <laughs> Actual mm-hmm. people on it. And it was a lot of fun. I had a good time. Good. We were all exhausted. Everyone was exhausted and the conversation was all wackadoo. Because yeah, of it. yeah. But it was all very nice. And uh, I would like to see those people again. I invited them to stay in our house. Oh, okay. Well, There's no plan. Only they can come up and stay for the party then. <laughs> Nobody else. He did say, uh, Thomas, one of the, the couple, said that he was behind on our podcast and catching up. So hi. He's Yang. fired. Hi, Yang and Thomas uh, in like five or six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell me what your week was like. What were you up to? I had a delightful weekend by myself. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the first I've had in a very long time. Yeah. I was looking forward to it, but then, of course, a few hours after you guys left, I just found myself sitting there in my underwear eating Doritos from the bag. I don't see what the problem is. I'm just saying, things went feral pretty quickly. (laughs) I feel like you might, I might have been in my underwear eating Doritos moments after arriving back. Mm, True. (laughs) Living my best life. Uh, I did a lot of just random stuff. I saw some friends. I bought some skincare products yeah uh, wait what kind of skincare products are we talking about here well i bought one called a gommage which is a peeling gel which is basically like smearing rubber cement all over your face and then it pulls off your dead skin cells and they pill up under your fingers i know you hate it but in american psycho he like puts a (laughs) mask on his face and then peels it off that's exactly what I visualize mm-hmm. when you say something like that. Yeah. But it it's not quite so drastic, right? It's more just like you wash it off gently, right? Yeah, it's never drastic. It's not like it gives you a shroud of Turin-esque face. No, although I kind of wish it was that kind. Uh, I like those. How do you get that? Is that a real thing? It is a real thing. We used to have those when I was a kid. I feel like it would just rip my eyebrows out. Is mm-hmm. that wrong? Yeah, I kind of would. You have to avoid your eyebrows? You avoid your eyebrows. I don't like the idea. I also bought a variety of serums. <laughs> For the face. <laughs> face serums, not... Not like uh, injectables. No, anything, not no. like uh, elixirs that you take. Human growth hormone? Nope. Call out to last week's episode. Not this time. Uh, no anabolic steroids or anything? No. Uh, no, I had a good weekend um, by my lonesome, but I'm glad that you guys are back. Wait, wait, wait. Feel my skin. <laughs> I'm like an unborn baby. <sighs> did you say unborn baby? I did. How do you know what an unborn baby <laughs> feels like? You don't want to know. <laughs> you are very smooth. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing that serum with me the other night as well. <laughs> it was weird. It was like... Um, we had a fun little facial party. I was like rubbing my forehead and it felt like suddenly there was sand on my forehead. And then lumps of... Never mind. I won't go there. It's okay. You guys uh, have a... a um, facial regimen you'd like to share with us i'd love to hear about <laughs> me too <laughs> why not maybe there's everyone's got one and this a, podcast isn't just about birthdays and wrestling mm, that's true it's about good skincare yeah sometimes it's about uh hamburgers <laughs> uh we got a message from mkb can i oh, share yeah. it real quick please do mkb says you missed one important thing about the mcdlt which was its cardinal sin, they put the cheese on the wrong side. Oh. The cheese was on the cold side rather than the hot side, and cheese needs to be melted. That's his opinion. What the heck? He's right. Yeah. That's an essential part of the package burger. It was the reason that the for the McDLT's demise. That is all I have to say at this time. 
Happy birthday to you both. Is okay, is happy birthday the official greeting of the show? <laughs> so you <laughs> greet people just by saying happy birthday? Dear MKB, who cares? Uh and a and a who cares to you as well. Um we also got a note from Met uh Beth. I almost said Meth. That's weird. Beth, who says I also went to game one of that World Series. This is in regards to the uh, Bay Bridge series that we were talking about in last episode. I was a huge A's fan, still am, and my parents, who had basically no money at the time, got seats for nine-year-old me, my sister, and them. Third deck baseline, so nothing fancy like you. But I, Randall. I would like to note that in my story, we also sat in the third deck for that game. Yeah. And that's why grandpa wanted to leave. <laughs> yeah, I know. We got yeah. that. Um, so for that one game, I was also in the nosebleeds and uh, it was fine. It was maybe, fine by maybe me. Maybe you guys saw each other that day. No, that was in the opposite side of the field. I oh, was on the mind. first base side. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, also, I remember now that I'm thinking about it and I did go to a lot of third base, third base. I went to a lot of third deck games because they would always give away tickets. They're cheap. To kids. Yeah. yeah. And they were always cheap. So I did go to a lot of deck games in the third deck. And that was where I learned what marijuana smells like. Oh, <laughs> important moments important. in the development of Randall Rico. Going to the third deck and being like, is there a skunk up here? What is that? Um, yeah. But thanks for, your, uh, thanks for your feedback. And as always, we love it. Please feedback. Feed right back. Um, shall we get into this week's event? Yes, Randall. What are we talking about today? Well, Valerie, on October 1st in 1982, the TV show Remington Steel debuted. I loved Remington Steel. <laughs> in 1982, I was 10 years old. Uh-huh. I was a young lady with a lot of early developing hormones. <laughs> okay. And this show had a lot of chemistry. Between the main stars mm -hmm. of the show? Yeah. Um, do you have something to tell us about this show? Do you have some information? I do. I can give you a little bit, bit of background on it. Sure. Remington Steele's premise was conceived in 1969, actually, by television director Robert Butler as a series featuring a solo female private investigator. Hmm. He pitched this idea to Grant Tinker. You heard of Grant Tinker? Yeah, wait, what, uh, Grant Tinker, NBC guy? Yes. Yeah, okay. So this was back when Grant Tinker was only working for MTM, which was the Mary Tyler Moore production company. Right. Um, anyway, Tinker felt the series was kind of ahead of its time, and they put it on the shelf. A, so, a solo lady I know, my God. <laughs> in the 60s? Whoa. What? Oh, can you imagine, though? He probably pitched it as a vehicle for Mary Tyler. Oh, maybe, Moore. yeah. yeah. Right? That would have been something else. Um, in January 1980, following the success of several sitcoms fe featuring working women, including da, mm. da, da, the groundbreaking Mary Tyler Moore show. Of course. Butler and Tinker, who was now head of MT MTM Productions, revived the concept. They worked with writer Michael Gleason, who proposed to Butler, wouldn't it be great if the fictional boss just showed up one day and made her crazy? The titular Remington Steel. Yeah, I guess we got to get into the basic outline of the Remington Steel plot. I just assumed everyone that's listening yeah, to the show knows I, exactly I did what too. Remington Steel is about. But. So this lady is a private detective. She's not getting enough business. Uh -huh. She thinks it's because she's a woman and people don't take her seriously. So she makes up that she has a fake boss named Remington Steel. Remington 
Named, it's a wow. mouthful. Let's hear it. Named Remington Steele. Uh-huh. So she puts his name on the door. Is Remington Steele supposed to be like James Bond? Is that like a fancy name in that regard, you think? Don't you think Remington's a pretty fancy name? It sounds English. It sounds like a gun. <laughs> it does. It really does. Uh, so or anyway, a razor blade. She changes the name of the business to his name, pretends that there's a guy who's her boss. She gets lots of business. Everything's great. Yeah. One day, of course, a guy walks in, a con artist, who's like, oh, hey, I'm Remington Steele. And then everybody just sort of goes along with it and hijinks ensue. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay. So back to the development of the show. In 1981, they pitched the series to NBC and were initially rejected by executives who failed to, quote, get the premise. (laughs) It's pretty easy to get. I I agree. Uh, But shortly thereafter, Grant Tinker left MTM and became chairman of NBC. And then the plot pilot was ordered. Yeah, that's uh, he was probably ready to do it for years and years. And just waiting to be in that position of power. The series was moderately successful on NBC, but it was canceled at the end of the 1985-86 television season, even though it still had a 28% share of the audience in its time slot. I wonder, uh, so this is in the 86, you said? Uh, It was the 85-86 fall season. So how many other channels could there be at that point where you would be disappointed by a 28%, you know? I mean, were there cable channels at that point? I don't know. Locals? Maybe maybe they just thought they could get a a 50%. That seems pretty good. I think at this time, NBC might have been the third place network. So they were probably just scrambling. Anyway, once canceled, uh, the stars of it, uh, Pierce Brosnan and Stephanie Zimbalist, both got some big film roles. Um, Pierce Brosnan was offered the part of James Bond, of course, in the film The Living Daylights. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephanie Zimbalist had accepted the role of Officer Ann Lewis in RoboCop. <laughs> she didn't take that role, did she? Well, let me tell you what happens next. I was going back trying to think. I know that Pierce Brosnan was not in Living Daylights. So NBC received over 10,000 letters from fans objecting to the cancellation of the show. Two months later, after the cancellation, NBC executive Warren Littlefield reversed the decision, responding to the fans and a sharp upswing in the show's ratings during the summer of 1986, which was most likely based on the news of Pierce Brosnan being cast as 007. Wow. Can you imagine 10,000 letters doing anything in today's modern world? No, not really. (laughs) Not really. So following NBC's reversal of the cancellation, uh, Cubby Broccoli of the 007 films decided he did not want James Bond to be identified with a current TV series. Oh man. And rescinded the role and gave it to Timothy Dalton. Stephanie Zimbalist was forced to pull out of Robocop and she was replaced by Nancy Allen. Bummer. Although Nancy Allen was great. Yeah, she was great. Um, but so Remington Steele came back for one abbreviated season and it totally fucked their careers Hmm. for a while anyway. What a bummer. Yeah. So that's the story of Remington Steele. Interesting. So when I was, like I said, about 10 years old, 10, 11 years old, I lived in LA with my mom. It was a really bummer of a time. It was right after my parents had split up. My mom had had a sort of failed love affair and I was living essentially alone with her and I wasn't going to school at the time. Yeah. Uh, it was, like I said, just really depressing. It, it was a lot to take on for a 10 or 11 year old kid. So I spent a lot of time in front of the TV because it was the first time also in my life that nobody was really regulating what I was watching on TV. 
uh, and this was probably my favorite show. And I think the reason for that was much like Star Wars and Princess Leia, the Stephanie Zimbalist role um, in this show is like one of the very few role models I had of like independent women who got their shit done. Yeah, the whole intro and everything talks about how she was interested in this and went to school and let's got play, all good training and stuff like that. Let's play that little. The, t- the titles? Just the little uh, intro monologue. Try this for a deep, dark secret. The great detective Remington Steele? He doesn't exist. I invented him. Follow. I always loved excitement, so I studied and apprenticed and put my name on an office. But absolutely nobody knocked down my door. A female private investigator seemed so feminine. So I invented a superior, a decidedly masculine superior. Suddenly there were cases around the block. It was working like a charm. Until the day he walked in with his blue eyes and mysterious past. And before I knew it, he assumed Remington Steele's identity. Now I do the work, and he takes the bows. It's a dangerous way to live, but as long as people buy it, I can get the job done. We never mix business with pleasure. Well, almost never. I don't even know his real name. And of course, the other thing about it for me was that not only was it like this strong, awesome, intelligent woman, but she also knew a guy she liked when she saw him. Mm. And that was, <laughs> <laughs> these were a lot of heavy concepts for, you know, 11 year old me. Yeah. Um, I mentioned this to you. I think I mentioned this to you. I'd never seen this show when it was on the air. Not even a passing episode. No, I hadn't seen a single episode. I was aware of what it was because of, you know, popular culture or whatnot. But yeah. I think I was too young for it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So we watched an episode, the first episode. Yeah, the we other watched night. the very first episode. What did you think? Well, my favorite part or the favorite, my favorite part of the whole thing, the whole experience was we found it in a legal place on the internet and it was played backwards, <laughs> like mirror Reversed, flipped. yeah. Um, not backwards from like, like memento <laughs> style, <laughs> but it was played like they just flipped it uh, left to right and uh like it is very surreal because of that because there's lots of text on the screen for different things and everyone was all wrong yeah so that was kind of hard to get past but uh it was a fun show i really enjoyed it i'm glad for like being a, a real I mean, relatively it, old show yeah it's that was a hokey time in tv you said we also saw attached to it was like a you know, this Thursday on NBC, Riptide and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Riptide and... Uh, A-Team and something else. Oh, man, A-Team. Cheesy as hell. The entire trailer for the A-Team was just shit blowing up in the van <laughs> going in the river. <laughs> it was really selling it. That was some high high, high quality TV. Uh, the other takeaway I had was there was a lot of wacky hijinks yeah. in it. Yeah. It was a detective show and there were they were protecting some diamonds and there were some thugs trying to steal the diamonds. It was a pretty elaborate plot for a a one week episode. Yeah. The fact that the the whole thing was centered around diamond theft was Oh, that's so 80s. Yeah, very 80s. But like there's a scene where he fakes the guys out by getting in a different car, by calling the cops on himself, things like that. There mm-hmm. was like lots of little hokey 
hokey jokey, uh, hijinky sort of tricky trickery. And then of course the whole playing out of who he actually is, which was confusing to me. I'm not sure who he was. Oh, we still don't know. He never really revealed no. himself. He was supposed to be an agent. I'm pretty sure that from was South Africa. That was an ongoing <laughs> plot point through the whole show is that he never, it was never quite determined who he was. There was one scene where the person who was the actual South African agent gets murdered and he's just in a closet stabbed to death <laughs> and they're just like, well, here he is. That's a cavalier murder for network <laughs> TV. Super cavalier about this dead body being in our, being in a hotel room. Like, and they didn't even bother to remove it or take it down. They just left it hanging up there to talk about it. One thing that I read about the show Oof. that I had not realized was that before this, it was basically hour long dramas or half hour comedies. And, pretty much never were the two mixed and this was, was this an hour-long drama it was but it was it had a mix in of this sort of like quippy comedy yeah there were some jokey jokes in there but they weren't very good jokes no no, no. there was a there was a penis size joke was there yeah from the um size of the champagne bottle uh, talking right. about a magnum lots well, of innuendos was a magnum oink you know he was very suave he was suave as shit <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. He also looks like he's about 21 years old. They're both really young in it. Yeah. Um, he uh, he is cool. Pierce Brosnan <laughs> is cool. Are you two under the spell of Prince? P- Prince? Prince? Prince Brosnan. <laughs> I don't know what it, the deal is. He just seems like he's got his shit together. Even though he's a con man in this show, I feel like, yeah, I'd buy it. Exactly. Yeah. It seems like a good plan to hire someone you just met. To be the face of your company. The two henchmen yeah. always kept putting on their hats awkwardly. <laughs> that was the other part I really liked. They were like these real... One guy was like a British knife man who clearly was the person who killed the other agent. And then the... That was Switch ba- played Jay White. <laughs> Switch played Jay White. Uh, and then the cohort was this mustached man who looks like Clearly, they got him out of central casting. It's for a me, a Mario. Yeah, he was like, I can play an Italian. I can play a Chicagoan. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> like, I can play an ex-football player. I can play a con. What do you got? Yeah, he was that guy. And they kept awkwardly putting on their hats and trench coats. Like, I feel everyone like, in that entire show wore a trench coat. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't... I lived through the 80s. I don't think it was really like that. I think that was a... If you're a detective, you're going to wear a hat and a trench coat. God damn it. Like required by law? Yes. Something like that? It's like an uh, issued uniform. Going back to the James Bond connection mm-hmm. stuff, this occurred to me. We had talked about what our favorite Bonds were in previous episodes. You told me I I had said uh, Daniel Craig, but I think at one point it was Pierce Brosnan. Mm-hmm. And I realized going back to it, it's not even because of the James Bond movies. It's because of the stupid GoldenEye video game and Nintendo 64. Yeah. It has nothing at all to do with the roles. It just is like this, I'm just assuming it's Pierce Brosnan because I saw a video game with it. Of course, he's the pinnacle of James Bond. I never played that game, so I don't know. If, no. What, do you see him? Yeah, on the box and on the game. And the, the version in the game is not very good. It's a first-person a shooter you mm-hmm. like run around shooting each other uh, you can be the man with a golden gun and you can shoot people with a golden gun uh, but it's four on the same screen that you're playing so like 
you put in one cartridge, you have four controllers, and you're sitting next to your friends. And you could look at where the other people are by just looking off to the different... Sure. <laughs> you son of a bitch, you're cheating again. <laughs> and if you play with people who have it, they know where all the good hiding spots are and they just murder you mercilessly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Pierce Brosnan, you'll always be my video game, James <laughs> Bond. The show was followed by Moonlighting in the very sort of... So there's a connection there, too. Do you know what it's, it is? So apparently a writer on Remington Steel left the show after a season or two and then created Moonlighting. Created another lady male... Will they, won't they? Will they, kinda... won't they detective show? Yeah. But the thing is... Moonlighting is universally regarded as better. Really? And in fact, even at the time when Pierce Brosnan later on was getting particularly annoyed at having to fulfill the contract of still being on Remington Steel, he was like, he complained that we don't even have good scripts like Moonlighting. Oof. Yeah. Uh, I'd never watch Moonlighting either. My God, man. (laughs) Just not my thing. I do know that the Moonlighting theme song is more entertaining than the That is definitely theme true. song of Remington Steel. The theme song of Remington Steel was written by Henry Mancini, but it mm-hmm. is really quite boring. He wrote so many other great, famous, instrumental uh, movie and TV show sort of related stuff. I guess mostly movie stuff. He wrote the Peter Gunn theme, you know that. He did the Pink Panther. Yeah, the Pink Panther theme. Uh, he wrote... The Breakfast at Tiffany song, which is... Moon River? Moon River, Mm -hmm. yes, correct. Yeah, but that song was just kind of dumb. Can we play it real quick? Yeah, let's just play a little... We'll play a snippet, and then you'll understand. So m- multiply that by about 20 times and you have the entire theme. Yeah, it's that's horrible. It's like they play the whole theme that you can find it on YouTube three minutes long. It's not good. No, don't listen more than zero seconds. That's the most. Randall, what kind of shows were you watching when you were 10? Whatever other people put on the TV. <laughs> I never have, had my own TV. You didn't have like anything. a favorite that you would be like, oh, I really want to watch blank. I remember the boy shows like... The A-teams, the Riptides. Yeah. No, no I watched Riptide. <laughs> I don't remember what Riptide was about. Probably More detectives. Something... Oh, of course. Uh, you know, I, re- I remember things like Love Boat. Yeah. And Fantasy Island. Yeah. Those kind of things. They were everywhere. And a lot of sports. We'll probably watch more sports. Again, I'm not asking what was on because I know what was on, but really. What was I looking forward yeah, to? Yeah, what, what did you want? You know, A-team. Anything vehicle related? Okay. A Team, Airwolf, mm-hmm. Blue Thunder. Mm-hmm. Why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, anything helicopter related, evidently, is my thing. I was gonna say, really, all this, all Remington Steel is to me is I started with Scooby Doo, and then I graduated to Remington Steel, and then I went to Moonlighting. You like detective, right? And then it went to like I don't know David Lynch or something. But <laughs> were you a? a detective novel reader when I you was, were a kid very that's much right so. we talked about this already it's it was agatha christie novels mostly yeah yeah among others i don't think i like the the uh those kind of novels so much but as an adult i really do so i grew into it 
That's why I like I liked Remington Steel so much. Now, now I get it. <laughs> it took me a while. It took me well into my forties to figure this out. And you got to remember, TV now is so much better than TV then. You just got to cut it some slack. Movies too. Same. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, classic movie fans. Everything's better now. <laughs> oh, I I had a thought. Could you remake this show now? So there was a pilot ordered for a remake of this. Did it ever get filmed? No. It was in 2013, and I guess nothing happened with it. But I think I read that the premise was starting with their daughter. Like, Laura and Remington have a daughter. And then it starts all over again. And then she gets worked by some con man as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't you teach her anything? Shame on you. Uh, I think that it would be a good reverse if she were the con woman. Agreed. I would like to see that. Who do you think would be a good Stephanie Zimbalist character? I can't remember. It was Laura something or other. Laura Holt, maybe? Yeah, Laura Holt. That's right. What was the woman who was the star of Halt and Catch Fire? The, um, Mackenzie, yeah, Mackenzie Davis, I think mm-hmm. her name is. Yeah. yeah, she's pretty good. She'd be good. Who would be a good English English person to be the con artist? Mm, I'm trying to steal? think. Trying to th- well, wait. You were saying the con artist was going to be the lady. Oh yeah. Okay. Who would be the uh, English person? No, she'd be English. She'd have to do an English accent. <laughs> Who would be the male that was the the sincere, yes. intelligent, but slightly oh, gullible? Maybe he couldn't. Didn't they do this show already? Isn't this basically Monk? Isn't that what I'm describing? Mm-hmm. It's like a detective who couldn't run the... No, I'm totally wrong about <laughs> Monk. I take it back. Who would be the detective that needed a strong female presence to be the uh, head of the agency? Who'd be the milk toasty man? I can't think of anybody who's on TV right now. I've got it. Yes. It would be... Uh, Wesley Snipes, not Wesley Snipes, the black guy, but Wesley Snipes from uh, 30 Rock. What's that actor's name? The guy from Masters of Sex. Yep. Uh, Do you know his name? I love him. Squirrel Man. I can't remember his name right now. Well, too bad we have no device to figure out what we could possibly figure out what his name is. You just, we'll put a picture of him up there. You'll know. And you'll know what his name is. You'll understand. I wish we were better at this. Me too. I'm sorry, the answer is... Michael Sheen. I read that this show ended as made-for-TV movies. So I guess it was like they sort of played them as movie of the week type things. They were longer than the regular episodes? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why it was a short season. There were maybe only six of them. Whatever. It sucked by that time. I do like when a TV show gets a second chance as a movie. Not necessarily as a movie... Uh, because they wanted to make more money or they remake it as a movie. But the things I'm thinking of were like the show got canceled and they go, all right, there's still fan base. We'll make a movie for it. I'm thinking of like Firefly Serenity okay. is a good one. Uh-huh. Or the original Star Trek where Star Trek, the TV show, had this cult following for so long. They're like, let's movie franchise it. That really never occurred to me that that was sort of a... Continuation, but it totally was. Yeah, absolutely was. That's kind of how uh, Farscape ended too. Yeah. I well, think. oh, they did have a movie. Yeah. That's right. Same business. Uh, the Deadwood thing that we just saw recently was that's that right. Also a movie, if you really want to consider it. I'm not saying these movie endings are particularly great, but it's nice to have a little bit of closure. 
they do a good they do a better job of wrapping up a movie than they do a tv show series because there's no idea of what like the arc is going to be sometimes there are great endings of tv shows i'm going to walk back what i just said no there absolutely are but there's other instances where like in farscape for example where they thought they were going to keep going and then they suddenly got canceled and then that's why they end on a cliffhanger which is a real bummer for fans (laughs) It, will you remind me and spoil for everyone else what happened at the end of the I will not, except it involved a couple of characters probably dying. Well, they'd like disintegrated yeah. on a raft. I do remember you what do happened. You do remember that. And the movie did not continue that? That was the movie started with that? What happened? I don't remember what happened in the movie, honestly. I feel like they must have... Un- what do you call when you, you're disintegrated but in reverse reintegrated reintegrated all i remember about the movie was being disappointed that a lot of the costumes and characters looked different like i wanted to go right back into that world what a bummer i was a big farscape fan you still are a big I still am. fan. we'd like to th- to uh rem- just announce that it's available on amazon you can watch it right now and then maybe if enough of you watch it they will make more farscape yeah, especially with the Dark Crystal thing happening right yeah. now. And try hard not to look at the puppets or costuming. They look closely. great. <laughs> Shut up. You don't know what it was like back then. <laughs> You're right. I don't. What's your takeaway from this this week? My name is Valerie. Mm-hmm, that's true. Facial products are great. I like romance. Mm-hmm, and detectives. And detectives. Detecting and detectives. What's your takeaway? Maybe take the opportunity when you get it. Pierce Brosnan, Shit, <laughs> right? Maybe when you uh, have that once in a lifetime role, you grab on and go for it as opposed to going back to it. No, was it a contract? You have a thing? choice. Yeah, that's what. Man, I, maybe get a better lawyer. That's before what I you meant by saying you got contract. fucked. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like always seize your opportunity. How about that? Okay. That seems like a good a good takeaway for this episode. And a good Remington Steel-esque ending. And a happy Remington Steel to you, sir. Happy Remington Steel Day to everyone. And who cares? Goodbye. Bye.